Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. How y'all doing today? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, you made it. stop for a moment before I even start. Can we just thank God that we made it to today? Can we just thank God for today? For this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't even need God to do anything else. I'm just thankful I made it to today. A lot of people ain't make it to today. We made it. Um, If you're in the house, I want to give you double honor today because you braved the winds and the rains (laughs) to be here. I was telling the team earlier, I said, if anybody comes today, they either really know Jesus or they really need Jesus. (laughs) Either way, it's a good thing because you're in the right place. Amen. And if you're watching online, man, wherever you are, I love you. But some of y'all know. You could have, okay, I ain't even going to say it. I love you. Thank you for watching online, wherever you are in the world, man. Listen, I'm just glad whether you're watching or whether you're here with us, I'm just glad that people are finding ways to connect to the house of the Lord. Amen? So we love you online, fam. Hey, uh, before I get going too much, y'all better hit that share button right now, it's, especially if you straight up decided to come because it was, you decided not to come because it was raining, you better share just because you ain't here in person. Okay, all right, just want to say that. That's the petty side of me. That's why y'all should be glad I'm not God. I'd be a petty God. <laughs> my name is Terrence. I'm one of the, I'm the co-pastor with my beautiful wife. Man, girl, I, you, you pretty much preached a sermon. I really don't need to do, do anything. Like, you, you did it. The surrender, that was, that was it. Could we give it up for the great, one of the greatest pastors? I just like hearing you talk. All right, I got a message. I'm excited about it. But before, let me get past all the pleasantries. Who's excited that today's Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, y'all say for real. Y'all say, oh, y'all like save, save. Any uh, Rams fans out there since I got it? It's one guy, like one, one guy. Any, Any Bengals fans out there? Two guys. Any Dolphins fans out there? Okay, all right, okay, all right. That's acceptable. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. We ain't been to the Super Bowl in the last 2,000 years, but that's okay. We're going to get there. I, be- I believe, man. I, Lord, I believe, but help my own belief. Y'all read your Bible. Y'all know where that comes from. Uh, <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday is cool, man. Go have fun with your family and friends later. It's going to be awesome. And then tomorrow is is. Valentine's Day. Who's excited about that? Come on, man. That's a day. That's a day. I, I'm kind of worried about y'all, man. What are y'all excited about? Like, hey, come on. Who's excited about Jesus? Make some noise. Let me tell you something. You ain't got to worry about a day of love because God is love. And you ain't got to worry about the Super Bowl because Jesus won the greatest victory of all time on the cross of Calvary. If 
Y'all see what I did there? See how I set that up? Nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna take the, the place of my God. Not a day, not an event, not another person. God's gonna get all his glory. I might be having some mic issues. If y'all hear me cut out one more time, somebody just please run me a mic because I want to make sure that people could hear God's word today. Amen. Shout out to our production team. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Luke. So flip like halfway in your Bible to the New Testament and then Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third of the synoptic gospels. I always say this synoptic means seen as same, uh, seen as similar. You hear a lot of similar language similar stories uh, in these three Gospels. Um, John is a little bit different. John sounds more like a love story about Jesus. It's such a beautiful, intimate book, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke read similar. But I'm going to read um, Luke chapter 10. This is kind of the, uh, the, the foundational text of this series that we started last week called Among the Wolves. Who was here last week? Awesome! Keep coming back. Who has who has a Bible, an actual physical Bible? Wait, see, Leo was like, you ain't calling me out again, and I ain't got my Bible ready. Look at it. Hold it. Look, come on, wave it. Who is part of the the Ugly Bible Club? Come on. Who part of the Ugly Bible? I love that, man. Hey, look, you even got desk. You can put your Bibles on. That's why I like being in a school auditorium. If you want to be a part of the Ugly Bible Club, you don't need this shirt, but it'll be cool if you want to get one. They're out there in the courtyard with other cool merch, but. We also got the gigantic highlighters because we make our Bibles ugly. That's how I know you're using them, right in this thing, highlight in this thing. Here's the reality. I don't want somebody with a casual knowledge of the Word of God to be able to deceive me because I did not have an intimate knowledge of the Word of God. Amen? So I'm a part of the ugly. I'm, I'm, listen, I, I'm not only the client, I'm the ugly Bible president, okay? I will have an ugly Bible because I'm going to use God's Word to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. Amen? So if you don't have a Bible, man, get one, mark it up, write questions, write down revelations, allow God to show you stuff. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Who has a phone? Let me see. Hold up that phone. Come on. Come on. Yeah, come on. You can't cast out no demon with no phone. Your phone dies. You're done. At least let it be iPhone. Who has a Samsung? We're going to have a whole a special prayer service for you after. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. <laughs> it's okay. If you got your phone, take out. You can download the app if you got the Cool Church app. There's over 2,000 people on the app now. It's awesome. App's been going through some changes. I promise you we're going to put out the, the fresh new version very soon. Um, it's awesome. You'll be able to check all your giving, all that kind of stuff. You'll be able to uh, read your Bible in a year, audio Bible, all that cool stuff. But the big thing I want you to catch is the sermon notes. All right, if you don't have a physical notepad, all the notes that I'm about to preach from are actually um, in the app already, and they're like fill in the blank so you can use them. That's for you and the folks online today. So, Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, and then I want you to put your finger on Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Okay, so I'm going to give you the foundational text, and then I'm going to tell you where we're going today in Matthew 5, 5. Luke 10. Verses 1 through 3, I'm reading out of the NIV, but no matter what version you have, it will all mean the same thing. Um, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, 
The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I, I, I just want to pause because before we even started this series, my wife preached a, ser- uh, a message called uh, Sheep Among Wolves. And she gave such a, a beautiful revelation on that particular passage that said the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Yes, we know that the workers are few. I'm looking at the, the room today, and I, I could tell when people are really committed because the rain don't stop them, the cold don't stop them, nothing stops them. We know that the road is narrow, right, that there's not many of us that get it. But she added something onto it that I thought was very beautiful, Show me a different revelation, is it doesn't just mean that the workers are few in number. It means that they are distinguished. When you're doing God's work, you are special. Everybody can't do what we do. Everybody can't go where we go. Everybody doesn't have the faith that we have. You are distinguished in God's kingdom when you serve his kingdom. Amen? I love that. I'm a, I like that. I'm going to keep using it because it's so good. It says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Verse 3, this is the foundational text of this series. Go! I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. Y'all give it up for cat one time, just ready to serve. She's like, oh, it dropped. I'm going, I'm going. Thank you, cat. You're awesome. I'm sending you out. Like lambs, like sheep among the wolves. Hence the name of the series, um, Among the Wolves. Now, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Because the verses that we just spoke of speak to what it takes to be a disciple. Jesus wants us to be a lamb amongst the wolves. I know that sounds crazy, but I promise you there's a good reason for that. And now we're going to jump to Matthew 5, 5 because... Um, this is part of the Beatitudes and also part of the Sermon on the Mount. This is the, one of the great, probably the greatest message to ever be preached in all of existence. This is a message from Jesus, a sermon from Jesus. And I believe that Jesus gives us the best understanding of what it means to be a disciple, especially when we read these verses. And one of the things that he says in Matthew 5, 5, uh, one of our foundational pillars for our discipleship at Cool Church, Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. That's a good place to say. So I'm going to read it again so we get the right response this time. Here we go. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I love an alive church. Amen? So today, if you want to write down the title, if you want to take notes, the Bible says in Jedediah 57.5, that thou that taketh notes shall get it to heaveneth. You believe that we got more work to do than I thought. Take notes, though. They'll help you. They will help you. Um, if you want to give this a title, you can call it. This is, among, this is Among the Wolves Part 2, but you can give it this title. This is Discipleship Principle Number 2, Surrendered. Surrendered. Uh, y'all don't want that. Surrendered. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your great and worthy to be praised, God. Thank you for this day, for this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray you knew each and every person that was going to be here before I did. You knew each and every person that was going to watch online. I know whoever's here and whoever's watching are the people that need it the most. 
And God, I pray you would open hearts, minds, and ears to be receptive to a message that's always going to be about Jesus. God, I pray by the time it's all said and done, you reintroduce yourself to somebody that's known you, or you make a first-time introduction to somebody that has never known you. But before it's all over, I just pray that someone will have a relationship with you that never had one before. God, I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Everyone said? Somebody give Jesus a five-second shout of praise. Amen. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. Y'all give it up for the man one time. They are anointed. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I preached on this, this, this passage a few times. It's definitely one of my favorite passages of the Bible, but it could be obscure if you don't understand what the word meek actually means. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. What is a meek person? What is a meek person? When used in a negative context, a meek person can seem like a person that is overly submissive, submissive to everything, submissive to their fears, <laughs> submissive to their trials, submissive to be led by questionable people. Like when, when, when you are meek in the world's context, um, they might think of you as like, for lack of a better way to say it, I'm from Kara City, they might think you're soft. They might think you're a punk. Oh, man, that person, he let everybody just walk all over him. They might think you're a person with no spine. They might think you're a person with no backbone, a person that does not stand up for themselves. But that would not be the biblical or the godly definition of a meek person because I am a Christian and I tell you I am far from spineless. In a positive sense, meek implies that someone is able to remain calm and subdued even while being provoked. <laughs> when you're able to remain calm, keep calm. Stay cool. Pun intended. Be cool even when you're being provoked. Why is that important? Because what did we talk about last week? We said our first discipleship principle was loyalty. And we read Matthew 5.10 that says, you are blessed when your commitment or loyalty to God provokes persecution. And that persecution drives you deeper into the kingdom. So if you want a synopsis of last week's message, the message was this. Your loyalty to God will provoke persecution. So that's why loyalty is number one. Because loyalty starts stuff. It provokes stuff around you. But we follow that with blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth because the meek implies that someone is able to remain calm or subdued even when provoked. I love this because 
when you're meek, no matter what you have provoked through your righteousness and your loyalty to Christ, you keep calm. My mom, who is here today, and I love my mom, and if you ever get a prayer call in the week, it's from her, okay? It's like, hello, my name is Jimin from Cool Church, and I come to pray with you. That's mama. <laughs> she loves, like, her favorite thing in the world is pray for you. Like, she, I, I, like, I love, like, listen, I love everybody, and I pray for you, but, like, she's calling individually to pray for you, okay? Yeah, your pastor ain't built like that. My mama is, though. <laughs> this is Jimmy from Cool Church. I just called to see if you, if you have anything you'd like me to pray for today. I, I, I love my mom because, like, she's a praying woman. But I, I think my, the favorite characteristic I have, like, like, my mom's favorite characteristic is that, like, she probably is the coolest person I know because she never really stresses out about anything. Like, like there, there could be a fire in this room. I'm like, don't worry, God's going to handle it. Like, Mom, we need water. He will send it in. Like, like Mom, Mom is chill in all circumstances, right? Like, I've watched her go through one, through, through one thing after the other, and she's been telling me that there's this one saying that she always says. She, says it, she said it my entire life. She said, Terry... Don't sweat the small stuff. My entire life, I've heard that from her. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat. Now, here's what's interesting about that statement. Because you may think, that's like, yeah, that makes sense. See, what you don't understand is, is my mother's definition of small. <laughs> don't sweat the small stuff. I've watched my mom navigate her life help other people navigate their lives, and she's helped me navigate my life. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Money issue, don't sweat the small stuff. Marriage issue, don't sweat the small stuff. Relationship issue, don't sweat the small stuff. Sickness, don't sweat the small stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. I could feel like the world is falling apart. My mom will either call me or walk in the room and say, Terry, don't sweat these small stuff. I'm like, you kidding, right? Like everything's falling apart, mom. Don't sweat the small stuff. Doesn't matter what the issue is, she would respond the same way. It, it, made me, it makes me laugh because like seven years ago, I'll never forget, uh, me, and my, me and my wife were buying our very first house, right? And you know, my, my credit was trash. Like, it was, oh, it was so bad. I was like, Lord, I have not been a good steward. I don't know how I'm going to get this blessing. And I remember my direct lender called me. He was like, man, listen, you're going to need a miracle because there's no way y'all getting this doggone house. And i never forget, I was sitting in my office at the time. When I got the call, I was like, man, I can't even provide for my family properly, man. I, this is, oh, man, what kind of a man am I? I was just beating myself up. I'm like crying. Because I'm just like, I, uh, I failed. Ah. My mom, who worked in the same place I did at the time, she walks into my office. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. Because I'm like all emotional. And she walks in, so I try to be hard. Like, Mom, you good? <laughs> and she said them same words to me. I was like, Mom, it's falling apart. 
got to pray. I don't think we're going to go. Oh, man, we're going to rip forever. I said, Terry, don't sweat the small stuff. I'm like, small? This ain't, this ain't, this is a tragedy. She said, don't worry, God's going to handle it. And she left me and walked out the room. I prayed. I called my wife. We prayed. After the prayer, I kid you not, 30 minutes from the time my mom walked in the room and said, don't split the small stuff, my direct lender called me and said, I don't know what happened, but your credit jumped up 30 points. We were able to get the house. Fast forward, seven years later, we own another house hunt again, trying to expand our legacy as the Wilson family. Looking at houses, you know this housing market is crazy, right? It's, I mean, people outbidding you by, yeah, I mean, it's just like you can't even get in the game. You know, we put bid after bid on house, and we, we still looking, and, and I, was, I was at a house, at a property the other day with my wife, my realtor, and I had my lender on the phone, and I was explaining the number. She's like, T, I don't know. I don't think this going to work. And I, <laughs> and, and seven years later, I, I laughed. I said, I said, ma'am. I know you don't think this is going to work, but if my God wants me to have it, I'm going to have it anyway. And even if he doesn't, I'm okay with that too. You see the progression from year one to year seven? God, why I can't get it? Hey, if it's for me, it's for me. Why am I like that seven years later? Because I've seen God do it before. If he did it before, he could do it again. See, something has shifted in my faith. I'm learning not to sweat the small stuff. The thing that was the biggest thing in the world for me seven years ago today, I'm like, that's nothing. I'm learning not to sweat the small stuff. Why? Because it doesn't matter how big your problem is. All of your problems are small in comparison to a big God. When I put my problems next to my God, I'm like, don't sweat the small stuff. See, some of you think you're going through the worst thing you could ever go through in your life right now. I want you to literally take your problem and I want you to look at it in comparison to the size of your God. And when you see that your problem is insignificant to the size of your God, you can look at cancer and say, don't sweat the small stuff. You can look at bankruptcy and say, don't sweat the small stuff. You can look at a prodigal son and daughter that have run away and say, don't sweat the small stuff. You can look at drug addiction and say, don't sweat the small stuff because my God is bigger than any problem I face if you believe it say amen some of you have made your problem bigger than your God everything is small to me in comparison to the God I serve it's a perspective I, used to, I was like how could she say that all the time and God has allowed me to mature enough into my faith where everything is small. We ain't got a building yet. Hey, don't sweat the small stuff. My God is bigger than anything I could ever possibly find. See, when you're meek, you learn that you do not react, you respond. 
ask you a question. What do you do when there's a fire? Let me show you what some of y'all do when there's a fire. That's what some of y'all do when there's a fire. That's not why these boxes were up here. I just improv that whole deal. You react to the fire. Did that help the fire? Did that put out the fire? Did it help you? To say yes, because I got the heck out of there. there's a fire, you can react, or you can respond. You can respond. The person that responds to the fire, you know what they do? They figure out what started the fire. Some of y'all throwing water on a grease fire. And then you're only making the fire worse. Because you haven't taken the proper time to respond to it to see what the source of the problem is. See, sometimes what we react to is a symptom of a real problem. Some of y'all running like crazy about, running crazy for symptoms. And what happens is you gotta keep trying to put out all these little symptom fires because you haven't taken the proper time to respond to put it out at the source. How do you, but see, see this, this is why we must be meek because you can scream fire, or you can figure out the source of the fire. Do you react, or do you respond? How, how do you become the latter of the two? Because a lot of us are like, fire, I don't want to be there. How do you become the latter of the two? How do you learn to not sweat the small stuff? I'm going to tell you how today. And if you write nothing else down that I ever say to you, this will bless you in your entire life. How do you learn not to sweat the small stuff? How, in essence, do you become a meek person? You ready for the key? If you learn nothing else, remember this. You must fully surrender to God. I know you was probably expecting something else, but it's that simple. You must fully Surrender to God. Because when you are fully surrendered to a big God, all of your problems seem small in context. Let me give you the advantages of being a disciple who's fully surrendered. Two things and we'll get out of here. The first is this. Surrendered people know who to surrender to. Surrendered people know who to surrender to. Look at Matthew 5, 5, first part of the verse. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. We're not even going to talk about that yet. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. The Greek word for blessed is markarios. You know what blessed means in Greek? Happy. How many of y'all want to be happy? Some of y'all want to be sad. Okay. I want to be, it's like, it's not a sin to be happy, okay. 
Then the Greek word for meek is praus, praus, and it means mildness of disposition or a gentle spirit. It's a gentle spirit. When you're meek, you're not easily provoked. Like your righteousness will provoke the enemy to mess with you, but when he tries to provoke you back, you will have a, le- a level of unbothered that other people aspire to. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I love unbothered people. They're like my favorite people. Because, like, nothing stresses them out. Like, my mom, she's always unbothered. I'm like, the, <laughs> like, the, like, she's watching the news. The world is going haywire. She's not like, ah! She's like, these just the signs of the time. <laughs> I think my mom says that in every conversation that we ever have. Sign- I was like three. Son, it's the signs of the time. Mom, I just wanted a popsicle. Signs of the time. (laughs) Mom, I love you so much. Please don't beat me after this. Please don't spank me. Don't punish me. Please, I'm sorry. Like, I I am 40. My mom does not care. Man, I have a healthy fear of her. I, I love this because when, when, when you're meek, you're not easily provoked. You're unbothered. You're not easily offended. Easily offended Christians puzzle me. If you're a Christian, how are you easily offended? Do you know who our leader is? They spit on him. He was not offended. They beat him. He was not offended. They tried to kill him. They did kill him. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How are you an offended Christian? Take a fit. That's another message. You are prepared to endure anything rather than act crazy in every situation. Meek people don't sweat the small stuff. Meek people are cool. Like I said, pun intended. We should be the coolest people on the planet because we're not worried about all the nonsense of life. It's not that we don't have problems. It's just that we don't react to our problems. We respond to them knowing that God is in control. You see, I love this because we show humility in all circumstances. Why? Because meek people have already surrendered their issues to God. We surrender it. Doesn't matter what the doctor says. We surrendered it. Don't matter what the what the what the what the what the bank account says. We've surrendered it. Doesn't matter what your marriage, what your what your crazy spouse is saying that you said till death do you part with, but they trying to act different. You've already surrendered it to God. Someone who is meek, they live a consistent posture of humility and surrender. Not surrendering to man. I'm not surrendering to my drama. I am humbled and surrendered to the biggest God of all time, the one true God of all, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one who sent his son, Jesus, to die for me, and the one who sent his Holy Spirit to empower me after his son resurrected. I am humbled and fully surrendered to him. It's a heart posture, man. I, I, I live with a heart that says, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. I live with a broken heart. Not because of what a person did to me. I live with a broken heart because I just want to see people meet Jesus. And when they don't know him, my heart breaks for them. That's a humble place to be. That's a 
That's living like, like you, you know you've changed when you're not mad at your enemies, you're sad for them. Because your heart is broken. Oh, man. If you just knew Jesus, you wouldn't even act like that. Like, if you knew Jesus, we could probably, like, actually be really cool. Y'all don't want me to preach today. Someone who is meek lives in a consistent posture of humility and surrender. It's a heart posture. I love the book of James, and I love the apostle James because he writes this book to Jewish Christians that are going through persecution. After Jesus dies and the church is being built um, disciple by disciple, apostle by apostle, I mean, they're they, they building it from house to house. They had, weren't in church buildings. There were temples that people went to to worship, but most of it was happening from house to house. It was happening in the courtyards. It was happening in places that it shouldn't have been happening because the religious right of the day didn't want it to happen. And, man, the Roman government, who, 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 that's, who, that's who many people thought that Jesus was coming to overthrow the Roman government of the day, they were still in power. They had crazy emperors like Emperor Nero, and they were literally burning Christians at the stake, and they were being used as light fixtures to light the path of the, of the roadways in the city. They were being persecuted. Crosses were not just uh, um, um, a, a punishment for a criminal offense. Crosses were billboards that the Roman government used to say, if you do what he or she has done, you will end up like them. There was a Roman government saying, don't mess with us. It was a power. It was a flex. It was a flex saying, hey, we got this on, on, on lock. We got this under control. If you want to act crazy, you will find the same fate that they did. So Christians were being persecuted left and right, man. People were dying for their faith. We talked about Stephen, the first Christian martyr last week. And James is addressing this because he wants to encourage Jewish believers in his book but at the same time, there's a lot of correction that you see in the book of James because as the persecution grows, so does the church. It's usually what happens. The things that people resist against the most begin to swell up and get bigger than the thing that, 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 that people were trying to control in the first place. This is how movements happen. We talk about Black History Month. The civil rights movement got bigger under persecution. Every dog that they put on them, every hose that they tried to fire them down with, every time they told them no, people resisted. And it has allowed us to live with some of the comforts that we live in today. But must, I, I must tell you, do not be deceived to thinking that the struggle is over. I'll stand here and say what a lot of people won't say to you. We still fighting and we still believing for equality. I don't want to be better than anyone. I just want to be treated as equals. This is why we still fight today. Don't sit back in a corner and say, oh man, we got it. We got our rights now. Are you kidding me? It ain't over. It ain't over. But I, I love this because as the Christians are persecuted, they grow. And what James was very smart about, he says, hey, People are going to try to destroy us from the outside, but I have to teach you how we should not destroy ourselves from the inside. We can get so big that we begin to turn on each other. Why? Because you see it happen every day. As churches get bigger, what do they get? More influence. They get more power. Get more visibility. 
They get more finances. They get more real estate. They get more building. And the thing that started the place, the thing might have started with the heart of Jesus, but if left unchecked, the things that the church attains can become more important than the one that we were attaining it for. Right? And then it becomes more about a corporation than a congregation. Man, let me drink this. Right? Because we're in the corporation. So James writes this to literally be checks and balances for the church that was being persecuted but growing at the same time. James, see, I, I like to give you context of scripture. I don't want to just read scripture. You got to get the context. Amen? James 4, 6 and 8 says, that is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify you hearts, you double-minded. He wasn't writing that to people that didn't know Jesus. He was writing that to the church. You, you purify your hearts, you sinners. You double-minded. When you are fully surrendered to God, you are not double-minded, which means you can't have it both ways. It's either your way or God's way. You can't have it your way and God's way. It's your way or God's way. Back when I was a kid, Burger King used to have this slogan. I don't even know if they still say it not right now, but they used to always say, have it your way. I know too many Christians that have a Burger King theology. They want it their way, not God's way. They want it their way. But if you are meek, if you are surrendered, you realize a long time ago that you can't have it your way because I have surrendered to God. I will no longer surrender to my anger. You got to pick one or the other because I have surrendered to God. I will no longer surrender to the gossip. Yeah, it got quiet there. Because I've surrendered to God, I will no longer surrender to the lust. Yeah, I'm saying it in church. Why? Because James said it in church. You sinners. Listen, I, when I say you, I'm, I'm the chief. We. We got some. Hey, this is a family conversation. Family, we got some stuff we got to work out. We got some stuff we got to surrender because I've surrendered to God, I will no longer surrender to the vengeance. I'm not worried about them getting theirs. I'm just trying to worry about what I can get from God. Because I've surrendered to God, I have no longer surrendered to fear. I know Christian folks and they live afraid, man. It doesn't make you a bad person. And listen, there is nothing wrong with fear. Fear provides an opportunity for fear. Fear provides an opportunity for courage. And I told somebody this the other night, and you should join, well, if you didn't join our disciple class, you got to wait for another six weeks till we do the next session. But I told somebody on a discipleship course well, that we do on Wednesdays, I said, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. What does that mean? Fear is not received. Fear is conceived. God did not give it to you. 
You fear because you've either seen somebody having a bad experience or you've had a bad experience that you have filed away right here. So every time you want to go take risk, you remember that and say, oh, no, I'm too scared of that. God never gave that to you. You thought it up. Fear is not receive. Fear is conceive. Because I've surrendered to God, though, I no longer surrender to fear. Because I've surrendered to God, I will no longer get this Christian surrender to pride. A lot of prideful Christians. You preach a good game, but you don't live it. Because you can't get past your own doggone pride. What you preach is good enough for somebody else, but it's not good enough for you. Get past your pride. Don't throw stones at somebody else until you can take the log out of your own eye. Don't, don't pick at the speck in their eye when you still got a log in your own. You better push that pride to the side. Surrender your pride. Surrender it to God. Because the truth is, whatever you surrender to, you will be controlled by. Somebody say, say it one more time. You should have took notes the first time. <laughs> Whatever you surrender to, you will be controlled by. I got you, sis. Romans 6, 20 says, when you were slaves to sin, that means that, was a, that, that, had, that happened already. You're not supposed, when you receive Jesus, you're not supposed to be a slave to sin anymore. When you were a slave to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. When? It doesn't say you are free from the obligation to do right now, though, because you're not supposed to still be a slave to sin. Because I have chosen to be a disciple of Jesus, I am not bound by sin, but I am obligated to do right because I have fully surrendered to when you find Jesus, when you meet Jesus, you are bound to him. You are obligated. You are surrendered to him. So you are obligated to step away from a lifestyle of sin. That's what repentance means. It means a change of mind. It means to turn away from. You are not bound to the things that you used to be bound to because I surrendered to Jesus. Now I have an obligation to do the right thing. I'm obligated. And I live with that accountability on my life. And there's people that know that I love Jesus. So I make sure that I live the right way because I am obligated to. I'm ob not just for me. See, I think that's, a, that's, that's the other misconception about faith. People think that everything they do in faith is for them. No, it's not. Nine times out of ten, it's for somebody else. Because we don't know who's watching you. You're, do you realize you're accountable to people that you don't even know you're accountable to? Because they know. You know what they know? They know the decision that you made. Yeah. So you know what they're watching? To see how you're going to live it out. Yeah. You are bound to do right. Because the way you walk this thing out may determine what somebody actually thinks about Jesus. Because you've chosen to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm no longer bound to sin. I'm obligated to do right because I've surrendered him. I love what the theologian Matthew Henry says. I listen to and read different theologians' commentaries because I think they give us a really great picture of what the Bible's trying to say. And Matthew Henry says this. He says, and I quote, The meek are happy. The meek are those who quietly submit to God, who can bear insult, are silent, or return a soft answer. Some of y'all are so harsh when you talk to people because you're trying to read them. 
Or you try to let him know, I'm the boss. No, 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 no. He says, or return a soft answer. Who in their patience keep possessions of their own souls when they can scarcely keep possession of anything else? What's more important than you to keep possession of? Your soul or your money? What's more important than you to keep possession of? Your soul or your pride? What's more important? Your soul or your anger? Your soul or your unforgiveness? He says, these meek ones are happy, even, I love that, even in this world. Meekness promotes, listen to this, this is why you want to be meek. Meekness promotes wealth, comfort, and safety, even in this world. We know wealth, comfort, and safety are all things that we'll get in heaven. But the Bible says, blessed are the meek, because they will inherit the what? God is trying to tell us by living meek, there are things that we will have access to as it pertains to our inheritance right here. Right here. You see, some people pursue happiness when they should pursue Jesus because full surrender to him is a key to a happy and blessed life. Meekness or surrender to God, I love it. It develops a God's in control type of attitude. Bill stacking up. I've surrendered it to God. Done what I could do. He's going to do what I can't do. Because he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. God's got it. Hmm. Ain't talking about you crazy at work. Don't sweat small stuff. I've surrendered that to God. He will make thine enemies thy footstool. I will pray for those who persecute me because God's going to do what I can't do. Doctors gave you a bad report. I've surrendered it to God. I'm good. He's the great physician. By his stripes, I am already healed. So I don't care what they talking about. I'm going to take care of this old temple the best way I can. But God's going to do what I cannot do. I ain't going to fight with the doctors. I might get a second opinion. But if I don't like any of the opinions I'm getting, I'm just going to trust God. Because he can do what I cannot do. Kids acting crazy. Surrender them to God. Y'all, my child just turned 12. I got a whole tween on my hands. And y'all know, preteens think they know everything. But you know what? When that child was, listen, when that child came into our possession, when we adopted that baby girl, we gave her back to God. Say, God, she is yours. We, we are just here to help her navigate this earthly space. And we are here to show her who you are. So therefore, because... I annoy her on the head every morning with oil, and I pray for her and bless her as her father because that's my job. Guess what, God? I give her back to you. Do what I can't do. Do what I can't. Some of y'all stressed out about your children, but you don't even bless them every day. You do what you could do. Let God do the rest. Marriage on the rocks. I've surrendered it to God. I love my wife. And I'm going to love her the way that she needs to be loved. But at the end of the day, 
I'm trying to love her the best way I can, but you know what, God, in the places I could never feel because I'm not you, you're in charge. Do what I can. I can love her to the best of my ability and still miss the mark. So I'm so thankful she knows Jesus too. Some, some, some of you are so attached to the person that you're married to because you're trying to get 100% out of them what only God can give you. It's not, it's, like, it's not even a fair assessment. It's not fair to them. You asking them for things they can't even give you. I don't want me to preach, man. Can't find a mate. Can't find a Boaz. Keep finding a broke. I won't say it. You won't give me to do it. Surrender that thing to God. Keep pursuing him more than you pursue him or her. Because if you focus on him, he will reveal them. Give it to God. Give it to God. Stop pursuing people. God will do what you cannot do. Like, and I, I know I, I was very casual and cavalier as I presented those different situations to you, but the reality is, like, I'm not casual. I'm just confident I'm covered because I've surrendered my life to God. There's a Holy Spirit swag that I walk with because I know I am confident in the fact that I've already surrendered my life to God. Because the truth is, if I've surrendered who I am to God, then God is responsible for the outcome of my life. Some of you mad because you have made yourself responsible for your life. I've surrendered it to God. He's responsible. Whatever happens at this point, it's on him. Because I, I gave everything I had. Like, I don't trust myself to heal myself. Trust God to heal me, though. Because I gave it to him already. Like, some of, some of you are owning things. That, some of you are owning things that belong only to God. You think your life is yours? You were bought and paid for? Surrender it to God because when you surrender it, he is obligated. I love to hold God to his word because he is not a man that he should lie. When you surrender to, when you, not like partial surrender, when you fully surrender to God, he is obligated to operate on your behalf. Mm-mm-mm. Surrender people know to surrender to. Stop surrendering to people that don't deserve your surrender. Whole another sermon. Thank you. I took my sips. This. And finally, surrendered people have access to their inheritance. <laughs> Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth for they will inherit the earth. I love that because when you read the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, there's always like a promise attached to the discipleship principle that Jesus wants you to follow through with. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Let me give you context to inherit the earth before I show you this little illustration because I know what y'all been wondering what's up here this whole time. 
You mean like, oh, I just want to see what's in them boxes. <laughs> to somebody in Jewish culture, that phrase, inherit the earth, would have been translated or received as inherit the land. Meek shall inherit the land. In Jewish culture, Jewish, uh, land is equated to blessing. It's equated to blessing. So it could read as the meek will inherit the blessing. They'll inherit the blessing. Jews considered land, um, they always tied it to a blessing or a promise. Um, and they considered the land like the land of Canaan, for example, which was the promised land that Moses was not able to lead uh, the Israelites to, but Joshua was able to lead them into the promised land when, you know, they knocked down the walls of Jericho. They took over the 12 tribes of Israel. They took over the promised land. But that, that term promised land literally was considered the land of blessing, or it was even considered, this is, this is how deep, they were as it pertained to land and blessing, they considered it heaven on earth. I think that's very powerful because they weren't waiting for the other side to receive the blessing. They believed that God had a blessing for them right here. So to inherit the land now became an expression that indicated those blessings that, man, I need a I, I, listen, I don't just need land. I need a world of blessing. I need a world of blessing. So much so, I don't even just need a world of blessing. I need, I need a world of blessing on the other side, but until Jesus gets me there, I need blessing on this side too. I need favor. How many of y'all need favor in your life? How many of you need blessing in your life? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit a world of blessing. Not just in heaven, but you can get it on this side too. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and life more, what? Abundantly. Yeah. I, I've come to give you blessings on blessings. Yeah. I come to give you blessings on blessings on blessings. I, don't just, I didn't just come to give you a blessing on the other side in eternity. I came to give you a blessing right now. Yeah. Jesus is saying, if, if you're meek, you have access to inheritance. The only way for you to have access to inheritance is that you have to acknowledge that the inheritance that is coming to you had ownership prior to you receiving it. You have to know who owns it for you to inherit it. Jesus, Jesus is saying, he's saying, hey, the heavens and the earth, guess who they belong to? You got to go through me. If you want to receive the blessings of heaven and earth, and I'm so good, I won't even make you wait till you get to heaven. I'm going to allow you to experience some heaven on earth. But you got to be meek. You got to be surrendered, and you'll experience your inheritance on earth, and you will experience your eternal inheritance in heaven. This is what Jesus was trying to let the meek understand. But you only have access, you only have access to the inheritance if you are fully surrendered. My love, can you come up here, please? She, she gonna help me out with this last little thing. 
You sweet, sexy thing, you. Okay, sorry. He look good, girl. Sheesh. Somebody talking on mics in the background. I hope it ain't. Okay, let me stop. It's the voice of the Lord back there. <laughs> you look good. Look at girl. You look like I, look at girl. I can't. I can't even see you. You camouflage. I can't see you, girl. But you look what I see. I like. You look so. Yeah. You, you give it that mic, Cap. How you doing, girl? You all right? I'm good. The little pink shoes. Look at you stepping. You looking as good as you want to look. Just step on. Why you so? Don't be scared. Nah, girl. cause you gonna do too much. Come here, come here, girl. Don't be. Don't be scared. Yo. Come here, girl. Come here, girl. Come here. It's, Valentine's. it's about to be Valentine's Day, man. Hold my hand. Shoot. Shoot. It's, it's, it's 22 years of Valentine's right here, man. Come on, girl. I remember when I couldn't buy you a Big Mac on Valentine's. My goodness gracious, Jesus. Lord, you look good. I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm so honored that I get to do this with you. Come on. I need my notes, so come over here. <laughs> so let me show you what a lot of us look like. Because we, we say, you hear someone's like, I surrender. You know, you, you get the altar cry, it's not coming out. You know, I surrender. But you don't live a surrendered life. Right? So I want to show you what. Let me, let me show you what we, we look like. So I got this, this, this trusty rope here from the greatest store of all time, the Home Depot. Come here, come here, love. All right, so you hold that piece of the rope, and I'm gonna I'm get this piece of the rope. Yeah, just, 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 just get close. Just to be close to you, girl. Just for a moment. Well, just for now. She'd be so mad on Sundays, all I do is play old school music in the car. She'd be like, Terrence, you old. I'd be like, just to be close to you. So I'm gonna I'm I'm tie us. Let, let get side by side, because it's gonna be awkward. Okay. okay, all right. All right, yeah, ooh, that, see, that's good. You, this, you, this, this my help meet right here. This my, she do the things that I can't do. Oh, that's cool, I ain't even see that little loop there. That's a, okay, that's Boy a, that's a, that's a nice little thing. Okay, so I, I tie, all right, we, we, we tied together. Okay. Okay. Not around my gut, though. Listen, I'm trying to hide mine, too, I'm man. I'm trying to hide mine. Okay, <laughs> so this is what a lot of us look like with God. We, I surrender, God. And we tied. And we good, right? This seemed right. Yeah. I got God, right? I'm, I'm surrendered to him. So, so we, we, we tied to God, and we think because we tied to God and we in a relationship with God, some of us think that's good enough. Mm. And what should happen is you shouldn't just be tied to God. When you surrender to him, you say, I'm not just connected to you. I'm going to allow you to lead. That's not what we do, though. We tie together, yeah. but this is what it looks like Come when on, me and man. my wife go to the mall, Come on. and she want to shop. Can I? I, I, I don't the, even want to go shoe, here. But the shoes I are pretty. I, I, I like I don't want to go. These cute, right? Yeah. Okay. Look, yeah. look, they bling. They're shiny, too. I don't even want to be Come here on. right now. Come on. Okay. okay. Come on. So, but there's more. There's more. Wait, there's I, ain't, a, I ain't paying for that leader. No, right no, here. About, okay. but but you said I could have everything, and my what's yours well, listen, is mine. Ooh, budget, I like baby. these. These are gold, y'all. Y'all see this? Yes, honey. Well, look, like my hoops. Yeah, these are cool, right? Come on. Yeah, hold okay. that. Hold that. Take that with us. I, I don't scared. have enough space. Okay. Yeah. 
No, oh, look, now I could do wait, neutral. But wait, can I just go over here for a second? Terrence, we gonna miss the sale. Come on. Wait, wait, Listen, it's a, it's a clearance. Come on, it's Black Friday. It's, okay, it's, I right, got to right, get. Right. Ooh, yes, honey. Yes, we like these. Oh, right. this one go with my outfit. Look, don't okay, they go okay, with... okay, okay, okay. But Terrence, but, but, but Terrence, what, what, what? Listen, you holding me back. I'm trying. I, I can't. What would you mean? I, I can't. Listen, I got to get to these shoes. <laughs> so what am I supposed to do? Ooh, we got we got ones. Yes. Uh, boots, bye y'all. I got to go. I got to go. Look, you moving too slow for me. I need to get all of my shoes. I want all of it. I want it my way. Come on now. Y'all heard that? Yeah. I have these shoes, y'all. Look, I got to look cute. One. I'm God. Y'all better thank God I'm not God for real. Because <laughs> I'm petty. We were tied together. I, I know she loves me, but she didn't let me lead that. She just, she just drugged me along wherever she wanted to go. Mm, 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 mm. Like I had a plan about where she could go, but she didn't care about that. Yeah. She kept getting distracted by one shiny thing after another shiny thing after another shiny thing. And then she got so frustrated with me because I, was, I wasn't trying to let her go to where she wanted. She untied. She untied herself from me and left me over here. And I'm I'm God, right? So I never leave you or forsake you. But I'm I'm just you know what I you know what I look like? I look like the husband in the mall that's sitting on the chair just waiting. I'm like, girl, you ain't done yet. No. I'm tired. We've been here for eight hours. Ain't that many shoes in the world? And it's like, I'm, I'm God, right? So I ain't gonna leave her. I'm gonna just sit and wait patiently for her to finish doing whatever she doing. Mm, 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 mm. But some of us get so distracted by the next thing after the next thing, eventually, eventually we leave God behind. You know why? Because we're not surrendered to God. We're separated from God. We treat God like an accessory. Mm, mm, mm. You know what? God, you good with my church outfit, but you ain't good with my work outfit. God, you look, ooh, we look good together on Sunday, but Friday night, you're going to have to stay over there, God, while I go over here and do what I want to do. It's mm, mm. not a surrendered life. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, okay, maybe she got what she wanted. It was cool, but is it the best of what life had to offer? Wow, wow. Is it her inheritance? Wow. Is it heaven on earth? Let me show you what it should look like. Come back here. Put them shoes down. I'm God. Come here. Lord, I'm not God. I'm just, it's an illustration. Lord, forgive me. Okay. I'm going to need you to do the mic holding thing while I do the. the. See, we don't, we don't need to be tied to God. Some of y'all are tied to God. The thing about being tied to God is you can untie yourself from him. Mm. Not a surrendered life. It's a separated life. Yeah, yeah. You can pick up God when he's convenient. When you're ready. Okay, God, I'm back. Come on. Let's just tie us up again. You don't need to be tied to God. You don't need to be tied to God. You need to be chained to God. Come on. Okay. This is how it should look. Okay. So we're going to do this here. And I'm going to, okay. We're going to pull it around here like this, girl. Okay. And you hold that just like that. And 
Just so you can't get away from me this time, I am going to do that. And the truth of the matter is that there is only one human in this room that knows this combination, and it ain't you. It's me. So you can't get away from me now. So when Joanne decides, <laughs> see, but so, so, so once again, surrender is not just being connected to God, it's letting God do what? Right? So now let me show you what a don't sweat the small stuff life looks like. Because all the shiny stuff is there. So let's, you, you, you with me this time for real, right? Yeah, I'm with you, God. I'm can, with you. Can, I, I got you. Can I leave? All right. You sure? But, the, but, the, but can I take the shoes, though? Uh, can I? They on sale, to, Come on. Hey, if it's my will, maybe. We'll see. Okay. All right. All right. So let's. All right. We going here. Okay. I'm going. I'm going. But look, they so shy. they they will go with my outfit. Come on now. I know they will, but I got better for you. Okay. Right, we got on. we got some red bottoms in my future. Yeah. Let's. Okay. Never know. Okay. But look, these gold those go with everything. Come on, like I I I I'll be stunting. I could. Baby girl. Look at me. Walk. Where you, where you walk. Going, come on. Where, where you going? We walk on streets of gold. Oh. Come on. Oh. Oh, I like that. I want to walk on streets of gold. Just, just keep following me. You know these cute, but I could keep walking. It's oh, okay. all right. We could, all right, we could, we right. could go. We could go. You, you, you good. Hey, but wait thing. a minute. Here's the thing about God. Like God, it's not that I'm just walking past all. God, God, like God wants you to have stuff. He like, you know where the desires of your heart come from, right? He gives them to you. Sorry, nine again. Go, you, you got them. I can't. Yeah, yeah, you can get them. Go ahead. You can get them. Yeah. I'm proud of you. You did great. Yes. You yes. got it. Thank you. Now hold on now. All right, I'm holding. All right, I got the I... receipt. I'll take them back. You start tripping. Okay, okay. I'll be good. I'll be, I'll be good. I'll be All good. Right. Come on. Come on. Come Let's on go. now. Let's go. I could have these two? Nope. Dang. Not in my plan for you. All right, all right. All right. Bye, shoes. Yep. Tell them bye. Y'all were cute. Mm -hmm. You like them? Yeah. Can't have them. That's all right, though. That's all right, though. I, 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 I'm good. Hey, 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 this, once again, this thing about a surrendered lifestyle, like you're going to, there's going to be things that you have to pass up. And I'm not even saying you got to always, like you don't have to feel good about it. You just got to trust God. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not telling you not to want stuff. That is not the message that I'm preaching to you. Yeah. I'm just telling you, you could have all that stuff. But you want a good life or you want the best life? Come on. You see, she was over here wearing my shoes. That ain't even what I wanted to give her. I'm over here. I'm coming. I'm here, God. This is where we need to be right oh, here. Oh, those are going to be some really big shoes. Is that, a, is that like a whole box of shoes? It could be. Oh. See, this is this, this what I love about you, girl. You faithful. Yeah. You loyal. I am. You special. Because I love you, God. You beautiful. I love you. You spectacular. Come on. You, you been, you've been faithful. Yeah. And you ain't been tripping when I passed by the things that you thought you needed. And because you surrendered to me your wants, I'm not just going to give you what you want. Come on. I'm going to give you what I know you need. Girl, this is what I really have for you and if I was God it wouldn't be this hard to pull this Ooh. off.
That's what I got. Oh, I want that. And you just, you threw, you threw that shoe? Yeah, because uh, I want this. That's not stewardship. I'm just kidding. Oh. You can, this, this is what I have for you. But you had, to, you had to follow me through all that to get to this right here. Come on. So many of us, so many of us want to step into some shoes when God wants you to step into his promise. Come on. Some of us looking at shoes to stand in, and God wants to give you land to stand on. You say, why do I have to pass by all of this stuff? Because all of this stuff is a test. How do you learn patience? You can't learn patience with God until God denies you your heart's desire. Wow, 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 wow. Yes, yes. You can't learn to trust God until God takes you past something that you thought was the answer. Because you got to say, God, that's exactly what I need. No. You think that's what you need, but I know everything that's attached to that thing that you think you need. You can't learn real surrender until you have surrendered your desire and your will to God. I'm not talking about partial surrender. I'm talking about total surrender. I'm talking about the promised land. There's a world of promise waiting for you and you don't have to wait till heaven to receive it. All you got to do is totally surrender who God is. Because at the end of the day, it's not my will, but your will be done. I want you to understand, you cannot be tied to God you must be chained to God. It's going to cause you to sacrifice. It's going to cause you to miss out on stuff. Yeah. It's going to cause you to walk past some things that you thought you needed. It's going to take you away from places that you thought you had to be. As a matter of fact, being chained to God is going to make you look, sound, and act differently to the people that knew you before. But that's okay. You can look at those same people that ask you why you don't dress the same you can say God's got me on lock you can look at those same people say you don't talk the same you can say that's okay God's got me on lock they gonna look at you and they gonna say hey why you don't want to hit the strip club no more cause God's got me on lock why, hey, why you ain't getting lit with us in the club no more because God's got me on lock oh so you think you better than us no God's got me on lock. Listen, I don't want to hook up no more. Oh, you think you think we can't be friends with benefits no more? No, we can't. Because God's got me on lock. Why you ain't give her or him a piece of your mind? Why? Because God's got me on lock. Why 
why you ain't crazy no more? Why you ain't the life of the party? Why you acting different? Because God's got me on lock and I am fully surrendered to Him. If you believe it, say amen. I surrender. Come on. I surrender. When your life is on lock and you're fully surrendered to God, you have allowed God to lock you up and throw away the key. There is no option for her to get out because she knows that by fully surrendering to God, that he is not just her last resort. He is her first and only option. God's got her on lock. I'm not worried about this combination. Because God, where you go, I go. Because that's where I'm supposed to be. I don't care what I miss out on. Because the little things that I miss in this world can't compare to the great things that God has. I've learned not to sweat the small stuff anymore. Amen? I don't know who I'm talking to today, but there's people who have lived a life and maybe at one point you were tied to God, but he didn't fit in your plans, so you left him somewhere. Maybe. You've never been tied to God. And you're saying, Pastor, today I surrender. I fully surrender everything that I am to God. He can lock me up and throw away the key. Because where he goes, I go. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I ask this question to every person in this room and the people watching online. If you want to Give God the key to your heart. You want him to live there. And you want to throw away the key. Because you want to fully surrender to him. I'm not asking you if you need a healing. I'm not asking you if you need money in your bank account. I'm not asking you if you need a blessing. If you are meek and surrender to him, you will inherit the earth and more. I'm asking you if you want to stop playing games and fully Surrender your life to the Most High God. No more games. No more doing what you want and leaving God to pick up the pieces. No. Trust Him when you get what you want and especially when you don't. If you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do not wait. On the count of three, if you're in this room today or you're watching online, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. I see you and 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 you. I said that because I want you to know you're not alone. If your hand's up, 
Come now to this altar. Come right now. Don't wait. Come on. Come now. Don't wait. Here's the beautiful part about doing stuff with family. I'm so proud of everybody that walked down here. I love it, because that shows real commitment. That shows real surrender. But if you're out there, you say, man, I want to go, man. I, I want God to have me on lock, but I'm kind of scared, man, because I know once I do it, I'm going to be held accountable. Listen, God, the thing about being with God is you have the greatest ally on your side at all times. And he will only take you places he has already prepared you for. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to worry. He's with you. So, I want you right now to look at your neighbor if you're out there and say, hey, if you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, grab my hand and walk them down here, man. I want to make sure that God's got you on lock. Come on, make sure. I just want to make sure. I want to make sure. No pressure, but you don't have to be scared. God's got you. Five, four, three, two, one. Beautiful. Hallelujah. If you're at this altar, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Today is the beginning of the greatest part of your entire life. Because it's the day that you chose to fully surrender. The Bible says when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead you're saved means God's got you on lock matter of fact here you keep this you keep this so you can remember I don't know why God told me to get that to you keep that means God's got you on lock so here's what I want you to do now we gonna all pray in this room but I want y'all to do something special put your hands up say why surrender Surrender, surrender, yeah? If you're online, I want you to repeat this prayer after me because here's the truth, I can see your hand, God can see your heart. It's heart transformation. Surrendered is a heart posture, not a hand posture. I want everybody in this room to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, dear Jesus I've, sinned. I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, I'm not proud of it. but I admit it. But I admit Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me, Lord, into your wonderful family. Today, today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Oh, y'all not even ready. If you made that decision today, if you said it with your mouth a minute with your heart, there's a celebration in heaven. The Bible says when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration. There's more than one person here, and I know there's people all over the world. But when one comes back, 
there's a party. Angels are singing, they're breakdancing, the spread is laid out. They're excited because you made the greatest decision of your life. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but I can help you hear what it sounds like. On the count of three, they're gonna cheer louder than anybody that would ever cheer at any Super Bowl that's ever been played. And they're gonna do it for you. Cause that's what heaven's doing. See that sign? Welcome to the family. Means you're not alone. All these people behind you, it's a bunch of people online, they're your family. I'm your family. We love you, cause you're a part of the family of heaven. So on the count of three, they gonna cheer. Y'all gonna walk that way because I wanna give you, a, I got a Bible, I got a note from me and my wife, some other cool stuff and the thing we call a fam too. You'll get it and you see these people behind you, they're our prayer warriors, man. They love you. If you have any questions, don't be scared. Ask them, they can answer any questions. The one they can't, we'll go to God for. He'll give us the answers. I don't want you to make a decision and we can't answer questions that you may have about the decision you made, amen? So on the count of three, they gonna cheer, y'all gonna walk that way. Is that okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Let them know. Let them know God loves them. Let them know that a surrendered life is the best life. Come on. Jesus, Surrender to the Most High God. Give Him a shout! Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.